Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, it's Amy here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast for the week. How are you doing? How, how are you finding things? Uh, I went on a jailbreak over the weekend to the big supermarket. Um, f- first big supermarket shop in uh, five weeks. <laughs> Gee, you people who shop for families, man, that is a surprise when she tells you $450. What? (laughs) Interesting. It's kind of curious, isn't it? It seems like people are uh, starting to get into the swing of this kind of new normal. And and really that's a part of uh, what I want to talk about today because at this point, chances are you've made the transition to teaching online. If you were going to, it's happened now. And so what next? So today we're going to be talking about um, uh, one of the characters that I love, a a cameo role, a small part in the Ramayana uh, as an indicator of when is it what what is the right way to show up and serve and how do you know if you've gone too far so our topic for today is jatayu and serving versus saving in challenging times before we get underway i'd like to do a couple of shout outs um, i'm on the hunt for some podcast guests so if you have a teacher or can connect me with somebody who works in an allied yoga business uh, pass on my details. I'd love to hear from them. So I'm on the hunt for abundant yoga teacher, special guests to interview this week has to be this week. So if you know somebody who has some time and an important message to share, um, with a business that's somewhat different from simply just being yoga teachers, not that that's not fabulous. I'm just looking for something a little different. Please let me know. Uh, also, Uh, this week, a reminder, if you're looking for some one-to-one coaching with me, I do still have some special times sessions, so you can book a 45-minute coaching session just uh, on its own. You don't need to sign up for six months. We can just have a, I need some help right now session, Uh, and you find those at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash special times. And also uh, today I've just announced another round of the Social Media Confidence for Yoga Teachers program. So if you haven't done that training yet and you're realizing that actually now is a really great time to be working on solidifying your social media presence and making new friends on social media, potential students, current students, uh, if you would like to strengthen that skill set, uh, we're getting started for, re- that'll be round four of that program, actually. That's how much people love it. We'll get going on the 12th of May. So about three weeks to get yourself signed up, take a look at the program, figure out if it's right for you. Everybody seems to love it. So uh, I'm thrilled about teaching it again. You can find out about that at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. All right. So on to today's topic. I... Um, I have the, the, I'm called to talk on this topic at the moment because 
Uh, I'm conscious of uh, carer's fatigue for yoga teachers. I'm also conscious of um, new skills fatigue, uh, technology fatigue, and really uh, I wanted to check in with everybody to have a conversation about when is enough enough on a number of fronts. Um, And this is born out of a couple of conversations I've been having over the past week with uh, some people who have messaged me on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Thank you, everybody. And also from some conversations with some of my clients about what I'm going to refer to as the savior syndrome. Now, this is different from like the Messiah complex. I'm not talking about how to avoid becoming David Koresh. What I am talking about is uh, um, from a coaching terminology perspective, savior syndrome shows up when you feel you have some obligation to come to the rescue of the people in your life. Now, the reason why you feel that motivation, sorry, my dog's decided to sit on my laptop. The reason why you might feel that motivation is varied. It might be uh, family patterning. It might be how you um, value your own sense of self, your own self-worth, how you seek validation. It might be uh, codependency gone wild. It could be a number of reasons, but For some of us, and look, I've got to say it, if you are drawn to a healing profession, chances are there could be um, some of this conditioning, this this pattern, this story, this samskara at play, Uh, whether in a small way or, you know, it could be running your life. The conversation I had with um, someone in this community recently was about knowing when to draw a boundary um, when it comes to caring for someone else in a caring role, uh, at what point do you recognize that the other person has agency in the relationship and where are you overstepping the boundary? Where are you coming, seeking to come to someone else's rescue when in fact they're grown up and they can do their own rescuing? When is your uh, compulsion to save somebody actually a product of your own uh, desires? You know, when are you actually motivated because of what you need for yourself? You know, you see this, I see this on my retreat. We have to have the talk at the start of my retreat when um, someone else is processing, when we're doing some coaching and someone, you know, might be working on something that's, that's bringing up some emotion for them. And as a result, you know, there's tears. And in fact, Oipon, the, the, um, co-creator of the space where I run my retreats, she always says to me, she always asks me at the end, Amy, could Amy, did you, did anybody cry? Did you get somebody to cry on the first day? Because one of Oipon's measures of success of a good retreat is tears. And if you get tears on the first day, then it's very auspicious. But you know, this happens when you're processing stuff, someone will be sharing or working on her journal or whatever, and, and, and there'll be tears. And It's interesting to watch in that group. And the reason that I have to have the talk is because there will be someone, inevitably one, if not more people in the group who will feel compelled to come to that woman's rescue, give her a hug, pass her all, you know, hand her a a tissue, um, get her a glass of water, jump in and say, oh, I know exactly what that's like, you know, come to that person's rescue when actually she doesn't need rescuing. She's going through her own process. Emotion is coming up. She has her her own tissue. She'll get herself a glass of water if she wants. She may need to be witnessed 
you know, she may need to um, be be in the presence of others for that process, but she probably doesn't need someone lunging at her with six boxes of tissues. You know, that, that in fact is the, the need of the saviour to fulfill that role. Oh my God, someone's uncomfortable. I feel compelled to jump to the rescue. When in fact you're jumping to the rescue could impede the process of the other person. This is a very, uh, you know, minor, um, minor uh, manifestation of how this sort of savior, savior complex can show up, savior syndrome can show up, but it can show up in bigger ways too. Like I was saying about the person I was talking with in my community, who is a carer of someone cares for very much. Um, but rather than just being the person who takes, you know, take as the carer takes her friend to the medical appointments and whatnot, it's become, she's sort of starting to has had noticed that she was starting to, um, that she was starting to comment on her friend's family relationships, was starting to be the contact person for the medical professionals in her friend's life, had really taken on more than what her friend had actually signed her up for. Not because her friend had asked her to, but because she felt herself in that space of, well, if I don't do it, who else will? This is the savior complex. No one's asked you to do it, but the discomfort of watching it not be done is so triggering for you that you leap in to fulfill that role. So if this is resonating for you, um, great and uh, welcome. I get it. I'm a recovering savior complex person myself. In fact, it still bubbles up. Um, you know, when, when people that you care for are in adversity, uh, and you have an open heart, you can fall into this pattern. And it can be very difficult to, in fact, decide to draw a boundary and not transgress it uh, because you have, in fact, been doing that historically um, through, like I said, a range of motivators. Maybe it's guilt, maybe it's validation, maybe it's your own um, hunger for a con- meaningful connection, and this is one way that you can get it. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're not going to go into all of the reasons why. <laughs> if that's if you're interested in that, we can totally do that in another episode. But today I want to talk about what is saving versus what is serving. How do you make sure there's a difference and how do you make sure that you're playing on the right side? And so I want to tell the story about Tatayu and and how I think this is kind of fun. Um he dies, but you know, it's the Ramayana that happens, uh, and how it can be, you know, a useful, uh, parable for how you might be feeling in your business right now. So to tell you was uh, a vulture. He was, uh, related to, I think the nephew of Garuda, you know, he was up there in the bird situation back in the day. Uh, he was good friends with Ram's dad, like he was connected, you know, he knew people um, and he was well respected. He was, he was aging. He was old. He wasn't as strong as he used to be, but he was still a very regal bird who was well connected, had presence, you know, believed in Dharma and pursuing a righteous path. He was a really good guy. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Morgan Freeman kind of situation, like wise, been around the block, bit of a, you know, the face is starting to show some age, but it still looks good. Always going to do the right things. Always going to help Ashley Judd out in a pinch. Uh, I don't know. Is that like, is that, is Ashley Judd Seeger in this analogy? I don't know. I don't even know what movies they were, but I think there was about 10 of them, right? 
serial killer movies. Anyone else got a fetish? Moving on, Amy. Moving on. So, uh, so Ramayana, essentially uh, gross, gross oversimplification. Here we go. Boy meets girl, boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back again. That's the Ramayana in like four quick lines. So at the point where uh, boy loses girl, this is where Ravana, bad guy, steals away Sita, princess, uh, takes her off to Lanka, ba ba ba, and the 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 shenanigans ensue that make up the majority of the Ramayana. Right now, uh, Jatayu, as as this is all going down, um, Lakshman. Uh, Ram's brother, Lakshman, Ram, Sita, they're in the forest. They've been exiled. That's a whole other thing. Uh, Ravana turns up, does some magical shazami business and uh, manages to abduct Sita. So so to tell you, he sees this going down. He sees Ravana taking Sita back to Lanka, abducting the princess and taking her away from her homeland. And so he rushes into not save, he rushes into serve. Ravana is a pretty pimped out demon, and he's had like boons from Prama. He's got the goods. There's no way, aging regal as he may be, um, aging to tell you can actually save Sita. He knows that's not his role, but what he can do is serve her. What he can do is get all up in Ravana's face. What he can do when he's been mortally wounded by Ravana, what he can do is fly back to Ram and tell Ram what happened to Sita, where she's gone right? This is him being in service. He knows the capacity he has. He understands his role to play and he plays it. Now we all know the big famous thing that happens in the Ramayana is Hanuman leaps to Lanka and saves the princess. But guess what? That's great. And it's a whole other podcast. And well, you know me, Amy could talk about that for evs. But how does Hanuman know where to go? He only knows where to go because Jatayu saw it happen because the king of the vultures played his part. He didn't try to save Sita. He didn't do more than he could. Think about it. If he had flown in and tried to save Sita and died then and there at the hands of Ravana, he wouldn't have been able to take the message back to Ram and say, hey, you're a lady. She's been abducted. She's over there on that island. We need to go there. Like That wouldn't have been possible. He didn't try and save her. He sought to serve her. He sought to uh, understand his role and play it to the full. Try and distract them, get the information on where they were going, and then report back to the people who needed to know. So... This is where I want us to get to today. If we think about Jatayu and knowing what your role is and then thinking also about the saviour complex and not seeking to do more than you're meant for, to do more than um, is in service to you or the people that you think you're going to save. So 
I've come up with a couple of ways where I see this showing up that uh, I thought would be handy for what's I what I'm seeing going on having you know I'm having so many conversations with yoga teachers like multiple conversations every day with all of you and I'm loving it uh, for everybody who's booked in for my current clients and people in my mastermind and then everybody who's booked in for the um uh, special times, single sessions, 45 minute coaching sessions, having a lot of conversations and loving, like I said, loving it, loving getting to know you, but definitely seeing some common threads. So I, I've come up with some case studies, I guess, of where I'm seeing, um, yoga teachers, um, maybe not totally transgress this boundary between serving and saving, but definitely getting onto the brink, definitely peering over the edge. And as I've been saying over the past couple of weeks, my interest for you is in longevity consistency and reliability in how you're showing up in order to come out the other side of this concealment phase when we get back into revelation where you feel energized you feel really connected and you're ready to go not that you're burnt out you're overwhelmed and you're going to retrain as a hairdresser no so here's some case studies of where i'm seeing this um you know precarious kind of balance between serving versus saving (laughs) did you would you stop snoring thanks so the first one is um obviously your role as carer for your students what are how are you showing up energetically there in service versus um where are you seeking to save people so i want you to consider is there anywhere that you are uh, uh like over supporting your students. You know, I saw this with um, when, when here in Australia, when are we in quarantine? Aren't we in quarantine? Can you still meet in groups? Can you still do yoga in the park if you're really spaced out? You know what? I mean, not like I've just found mushrooms in the park spaced out. I mean, like with space between you and the person next to you. <laughs> um, you know, when, when there was uncertainty about what the rules were, I saw a lot of yoga teachers like sending out at least an email a day. I've, I've been so busy because I've been emailing my people every day with an update. I mean, do you think, really, I love all of you, seriously, do you think really that your people, when they're trying to figure out, is the schools closing? Am I going to lose my job? What the hell am I going to wipe my bum with? When all of that's going on, do you really think... I love you, but do you really think people needed a minute by minute, blow by blow account of is power flow happening in the gardens on Saturday or not? Like this thing that I need to, I need to make sure everybody's okay. I need to make sure absolutely everybody knows what's going on. That's the savior complex. Again, I love you. You're not that important to other people for them. It's a yoga class. Yes, for you. It's, you really give a shit about these people. You really want to make sure they're okay. It's absolutely your business and your livelihood. And being in service is probably one or two emails, two emails if you've had to change something and you need to let people know. But hurly burly, oh my God, this is going on. That's going on. Book it. Not useful. Not useful. And absolutely unsustainable when it comes to your own energy level. 
So uh, this is one space where I'm seeing it show up. I'm also seeing it show up with people, um, you know, kind of like, um, you know how you see there's these stories of kind of, um, of holy people, of saints, um, you see it also in uh, Theravadan kind of mythology where where uh, some kind of higher being will eat your pain for you. They'll absorb your karma. You know, we, we, um, Yogananda, Paramahamsa Yogananda has a number of stories in Autobiography of a Yogi where his guru uh, eats the karma, eats the Un, the the poor health of his devotees and he's unwell himself for a period of time. I think when they go to they go to Kashmir or something and Sri Yukteswar like nearly dies or something because he's eaten so much crappy karma of his devotees. Um, are you doing that? Are you trying to do that with your students? You probably, I know I've had in the past those students, right? You love them, but they're the needy ones. They're the ones who, for whatever reason, have decided that not only are you their yoga teacher, but you're also their therapist or their grief or bereavement counselor or their uh, marital advisor. I could go on their dietitian. I could go on. Uh, Have you found yourself, have you let yourself be, have you put yourself into, let's own it, have you put yourself into a student teacher dynamic where you're doing that thing of eating up their bad karma and making yourself sick. Now I don't mean that in a literal sense, unless you are an enlightened being, Hey, hit me up, message me on Insta. <laughs> I want to know what it's like. Uh, but really, you know, are you tr- seeking to save your students rather than serve them? Sending out a love note, an email to everybody with maybe a, a nice book to read that you'd recommend or a free audio that you've made, that's being in service. But letting your backwards and forwards in on Facebook Messenger until late into the night because one of your students is having a difficult time, that's not your job. Not if you not if if you identify as a yoga teacher, that sort of behavior dangerous, unsustainable, above your pay grade and absolutely into the saving territory, which is not your business, not my business, that's not what we're here for. We're here to serve, not save, okay? Here's another one. This one's a little more lighthearted. About time, baby. Here's another one where I see it show up all the time. Uh, <laughs> the technology piece, the technology piece, the um, I need to do whatever it takes to make sure that my people know exactly what to do on the internet now that the world's gone to the internet. And I know, you know, I know who you are, a fabulous person. She and I were having a conversation about this during uh, uh, last week, last week, Friday, um, about the lengths that she was going to to save her elderly yoga students from the perils of the internet. <laughs> the lengths that she was going to to save those couple of students by essentially giving them like computer 101 lesson. Here's how you turn it on. This is a mouse. This is where you click it. You can see the arrow move on it. Like seriously. For two or three students, guess what? If that's their level of computer literacy, uh, chances are they're going to be a really big pain in your glute max throughout your online classes. My loving recommendation would be that you give them a wave, blow them a kiss and say, see you on the flip side, oldies. Yoga in person's coming back. 
as soon as revelation manifests. But for right now, let them take a yoga break. Where are you seeking to save your customers through unnecessary, uh, unnecessary, heavy handed, suck your will to live customer service? Do you have somebody who's constantly emailing about questions you have already answered? Do you have someone who is asking you down to the nitty gritty or looking to haggle you on a price or wanting to interrogate the exact contents of your mini retreat? Someone wanting to know details from you that are out of scope. Which bolster would you recommend I buy? Here's my shortlist on Amazon. I've looked at all the reviews and I'd really like to know which one you think. I'd like to know your personal review of each in five succinct bullet points. Like where are you totally over delivering because you want to make sure that that person's okay. Hint, it might also be because I don't want that person, one, to think poorly of me or two, to to talk shit about me in front of other people. Oh, that's a scary one. Who's got that fear? DM me. You know it. Cough it up. Anybody like, I need to do whatever it takes to make sure this woman's happy because by Christ, I'm terrified if she tells her girlfriends. Saving versus serving. Are you looking to save somebody by heavy handed, uh, suck your will to live, customer service or tech support? Here's a hack for that. If you do find yourself in that space, um, I really recommend you read The Power of Less, The Power of Less. Uh, some of it's like, yeah, time management, but there is a section in there about how to have really empowered conversations. And this, implementing that teaching when I got first got that book, uh, changed my life. Like, how can you make sure that when you're corresponding with your students, you are um, ferociously pursuing an outcome. That doesn't mean your outcome necessarily, but you're not just fiff-faffing, blamonging letters backwards and forwards. Like how can you get them to a concise answer? So, you know, do you need to give them options? Do you need to give them, here is my preference or here is your alternate possibility rather than, well, 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 Jan, what do you feel like doing? How would you like me to reimburse your class payment? No, 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 no. There was a post going on in my Facebook group about someone had bought something and the thing had to be cancelled. I can't even remember what it was. I think it was a retreat. And um, the, the person had bought the retreat on a credit card, but she'd asked, could I be refunded actually into my bank account? And the t- yoga teacher was agonizing over it. Oh, guess what? If you pay me with a credit card, baby, I've already lost like, If you bought my retreat on a credit card, that's like 250 bucks of merchant fees gone. If I then have to pay you in full back into your bank account, like I'm getting a double hit on that. The answer is no. You know, rather than, well, it would actually be better for me if I could simply uh, refund your credit card. Would that be okay? If it's not okay for you, please don't send back an email suggesting that it is. Your response gets to be, hey, Jan, thanks for your email. Actually, I process all refunds with the same method that the original payment is made. So I've just refunded you on your credit card. Should show up in a couple of days. Have a good one. The end. With love, with compassion, high vibe, no drama. No saving the day. 
All right, another one. Um, where uh, where I'm seeing this show up a lot and a bunch of people, we had a quick chat about this actually this morning on the Facebook ads know-how training. Um, you know, people are in this space of, oh my God, there's so much stuff. I need to do all the things. There's free yoga everywhere. If I'm not going a million miles, I'm going to die a yoga business death. <laughs> Uh, in fact, uh, I had a great message, great, really, um, vulnerable. Thank you. Uh, she knows who she is, who sent that through to me, uh, overnight. Uh, actually I think it was over the weekend. I just got to it this morning. Um, you know, one beautiful yoga teacher saying that she's feeling jealousy about teachers that she's trained, um, who are, her phrase was going gangbusters on social media and giving away all of this content for free and it's triggering jealousy in her. And then she's beating herself up because if she's a yogi, what's she doing feeling jealous? Shouldn't she just feel sympathetic joy for this student? Um, and, and at the same time feeling compelled to like match her student action for action. Oh my God, she's got 10 new classes on a YouTube channel. I need to do that. And she's doing lives on Instagram. I need to do that. And she's got ads running and she's sending out an email a day and she seems to be teaching 25 hours a day, eight days a week. Ah, if you are seeking to save yourself in business rather than serve yourself in business, you are at risk wholly unsustainable, unless you are one of those high vibe people who just produces like nobody's business, unless that actually is your jam, you have no business conducting yourself like that. Danger, unsafe. Stop it. If you are seeking to save your business by trying to do all the things, look, hit me up in two weeks and tell me how you're feeling. It's not going to be good you'll be thinking about becoming a hairdresser. <laughs> I just want to wait tables at a cafe. When can we open the cafes? No, you're a yoga teacher. It's your dharma. You're here. You heard the conch. You're here for the long haul. Stop trying to save yourself in your business and start thinking about what's going to serve me in my business. What's going to serve me in my business? What's going to feel good in terms of, I'm going to remember what Amy says, being reliable and consistent. What is that level of activity? And what, you know, what exactly does that look like? Maybe I have two classes a week on a monthly membership now. Maybe I have one class a week that's free and some private one-to-ones that are paid. Maybe I'm doing a monthly mini retreat and that's it. Maybe I'm teaching nine classes on my full schedule and it's business as usual, except open your laptop and that feels good. But I want you to check in with what feels right for you and do that. Don't do that. Like actually right now it feels right for me, but next week it won't. And like, I'm just a creature of like, I'm just filled with Shakti and, um, I really have to be like conscious of my lunar cycle. And, um, so that looks like, um, being really flaky and not showing up in a consistent way for my clients honor your body, be with yourself, know your tendencies. I'm not saying any of those things. God knows I ain't doing shit the day before my cycle starts, except eating trash and watching trash. That's what I'm doing. 
Uh, but the day my cycle starts, I'm going for a bat. I'm a bat out of hell. I cannot make enough stuff. I am productive, productivity embodied. Crazy. I know this about myself. I'm not saying seek to quash what you know about yourself. Celebrate that, empower it. But please know that if you want consistent cash in your business, there needs to be consistent activity. And I'm talking your end, not the student end, in your business. But coming back to the premise of today, you don't have to do all the things. You don't need to save yourself or your business by going cray cray with all the things. Your job is to figure out how can I be in service to myself and my business? What does my business actually need right now? Sita didn't need the vulture to come peck out the demon's eyes. Sita needed the vulture to tell her boyfriend where the hell she was being taken to. Yeah, because anyway, we won't go into that about why that was important. That's a whole other podcast. Nerd alert. I hope you've got the point here. No saving, only serving. Saving is unsustainable. Think about it. When something actually needs to be saved, that is an intense, dramatic, high adrenaline, short term situation. There are times for it. But being a yoga teacher and teaching some classes online, none of that, none of that is worthy of saving energy. This is all about service. And if you notice that you are feeling called to do more because of your own mm, feeling tone, your own vasana, your own samskara, guess what? This is a beautiful time for self-reflection. Maybe you need a little more time on the cushion. Maybe you need to read a little more Melody Beatty. Maybe it's time for some, um, what's her name? Oi, oi, oi. Totally forgotten her name. Anyway, some podcasts, you know, about, about overcoming your stuff. That's okay. You got time. Do some of that. You don't have to beat yourself up about it. You get to be where you're at. Maybe working with with the savior complex, savior syndrome is something that you didn't see coming. It's a boon of quarantine. But for the, on the pragmatic side for today, I want you to really be mindful about what is your role in any given situation and what would be too much? Not only what would be too much, but what would come at the expense of someone else? So let's think about, again, if we think about Jatayu, the vulture, who saw, he saw uh, Sita be abducted, right? He knew where they were going. Now, if he had have overplayed his role, if he had sought to save Sita instead of serve her, think about the ripple effects there. Primarily, think about Hanuman. Hanuman, the you know the 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 Ramadasa, the the devotee, the servant of of Ram. The the um, there's so many beautiful stories about just how devoted. Uh, Hanuman ears to Ram that you know the eating of Sita's pearls the ripping open of his chest again and again we see the Hanuman is the um, the, the metaphor of devotion and of um, commitment and and I guess even of friendship now if Jatayu had have saved Sita in that moment Hanuman would have been deprived of his opportunity to demonstrate to Ram his level of devotion. You know, Ram gave Hanuman his ring and said, get this ring to my girl so she knows I'm coming to save her. 
like that's that's really important. Hanuman, he he, you know, with his Astra cities, the eight magical powers, got himself to Lanka. You know, uh, snuck up on Sita, showed her the ring, didn't freak her out, put out all of the fires so he could burn down the castle, la la la, like put out all of the lamps. Lots of things happened so that he could demonstrate his devotion to Ram. He, but then again, he we see it's like nested stories here. We see again. He has the Ashta cities. He has the eight magical powers. He very well could have scooped Sita up and taken her back to the mainland where Ram was waiting. But that wasn't his role. Saving Sita wasn't his role. His role was to serve Ram. His role was to fulfill the wish of his uh, master, if you like, which was take this ring to Sita and let her know that I'm coming to get her. That was Hanuman's role, to serve Ram, not to save Sita. Because if he had have saved Sita, then Ram would have been denied his dharma of saving his princess. He would have been denied that opportunity. And I could go on. My point is, it's not just you working yourself to exhaustion. It's not just you coming to the brink of burnout, overwhelm, or heaven forbid, falling out of love with what it means to be a yoga teacher. If you're leaping in to save the day, you very well may be depriving somebody else of a role that they are meant to play. If you're, um, if you're always being the willing ear of a student who wants to talk about her husband all the time and what a terrible guy he is, if you're always available to save her emotional state in that moment, maybe that means she never actually gets to have that difficult conversation with her husband that leads them ultimately to healing. If you're overstating your role, if you're playing more of a part than you're meant to, you you may very well be denying somebody else their role, their saver, their opportunity to be in service in that same situation. So folks, I'm going to leave it there for today. And I hope this has been a useful conversation. I just think that the reason I I felt called to talk a little on this topic is because, you know, we're into it now. You're either, you, you know, four, six, seven weeks into quarantine, into a new normal, into pivoting in your business, into showing up and helping people in different ways. Let's take the pulse of Where are you at with that boundary? Are you still in service territory or have you found, is there any place in your life where you may have gone into more of the saving energy? Are you enabling someone else's victim archetype? Are you, um, are you becoming overbearing with somebody who simply wants to be left alone? Are you up all night because Mary is still emailing you about how she can't get the replay. I still can't get the replay. I've got Internet Explorer open. I'm clicking the link and it's still not working. Like, where are you overdoing it? I'm giving everything for free because everybody's lost their jobs. You know, and I'm and I'm saving everybody financially. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I can't pay my 
GST installment this quarter because I'm broke or I'm going to take all the new, all this money I can take out of my retirement savings that the government's letting me, I'm going to take it out because I got cash. Well, guess what? You're going to need that 10 grand when you're an old lady. You know, where are you seeking to save other people's at the other people at the expense of yourself? Where are you seeking to save yourself at the expense of yourself? And where might you be overstepping a role to the point where it means someone else can't show up and play their part? Uh, yeah, there you have it. It's a little, little something for you on a Monday. Uh, as always, thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for sending me your sweet notes uh, about how you find it useful. I'm always on the hunt for topics. So if there's something I can do to support you, do let me know. Um, also coming up, I'm going to start working on this tomorrow. Over the weekend, I uh, decided that um, I got more time. I got some gas in the tank. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I live in a nice home with food in the garden. Um, so what could I do that would be in service? I'm not saving anybody. Uh, what would be in service to you all? And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I can write copy. If anybody who's had a session with me knows, I can I can spout copy like nothing else. So what about if Amy puts together some swipe copy that you can all use, uh, copy the hell out of it, that you can all use for uh, virtual retreats, mini retreats. So I thought I might put together like a sales page uh, text copy, um, maybe a Facebook ad copy, maybe a newsletter copy and fling it all out to you as a freebie. Um, maybe stick it together with like a 90 minute training. So anyway, I'm, I'm still hashing out the details. Uh, I floated that idea this morning on Instagram and people seem to be into it. So, um, if you're on my mailing list, I'll probably send out an email about that in the next day or two. Uh, and if you're not, I don't know, find me somewhere on Instagram. I can add you in to make, give you the link to, to get into that training free. I just thought, Hey, um, if you've got yourself handled when it comes to teaching online classes, maybe you'd like a bit of a cash injection, or maybe you just like to mix it up or test yourself, try something different. Maybe your people, um, you know, have been asking for a longer offering. What about we do some virtual retreats and, uh, I'll write out some stuff for you so that you can just copy and paste it rather than, um, you know, delaying on delivering something because you're waiting for it to be perfect. Uh, all right. So there's that. Oh, and the last thing that I'm doing this week and next, if it's still fun is interviewing yoga teachers on my Instagram. Um, so, uh, if you would like to be interviewed on my Instagram, it's very informal. It's simply just a chat on an Insta live about how you're finding teaching online, what's been working, uh, what, you know, <laughs> what epic fails have you had? Um, and let's all have a laugh and a share about this. It's just like a, you know, group talk, um, keep the, keep the, the content positive, positive programming, hashtag positive programming and sharing um, each other's fun stories about what it means to now all be online yoga teachers. If you would like, sorry about that. If you would like to be interviewed by me on my Instagram, DM me on Insta. I'm putting together a list of people who have got some fun things to share. Uh, so hopefully we'll be doing one of those a day. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out, uh, on my Instagram. If you want to just watch what other yoga teachers are working on and, uh, how, what the, what's working for them, etc. you know, just some, just some fun stuff. Uh, okay. That's everything from me. I think folks, we're going to finish up with, uh, a little bit of an Insta story an Insta live from this morning. I hope it's useful. Take care everybody till next time. Bye. <laughs> Well, uh...
I have um, next stuff. I have a uh, an ad running for. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I have an ad running for my uh, virtual one-on-one personalized uh, yoga classes. It's either yoga meditation or yoga nidra, mm-hmm. and um, it's running on Facebook and. We're, you know, a bunch of other places, but I decided, since I have a really great ad copy that is actually a print copy that's going in a newspaper this week, which I've never done before, but it was free and I took advantage of it, Um, I decided, well, I'm going to take that little JPEG image and I'm going to put it in my Instagram story. And... So I took that JPEG and I put it in my Instagram story uh, last night, uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 9 o'clock last night, and by 10 o'clock last night, I had a client, (laughs) a woman that I have been friends with on Instagram for about uh, two years, and um, she is a woman that lives part-time in Bologna, Italy, and part-time in the U.S., and wow. she was like, Susan, I want this, and I was like, okay, great. <laughs> So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask, if you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at amyyogabizcoach. Take deep care.